if you pause long enough to know that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords died for you. You know, it really is that simple that on what we call Good Friday, this horrific punishment of the Son of God died for you, willingly died for you. And in the simplest way that we want to talk about it tonight, I simply want you to grapple with that one question. Have you put faith in Jesus Christ because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords died on your behalf? And he was raised so that you might have life. In many ways, that's the only thing that you need to resolve this evening. And yet the implications are life-changing. When we talk about the death of a king, we don't associate with that very well because we don't understand the idea of kings. Back in Jesus' time, kings were like civil rulers. They ruled over small portions of communities, over cities. There was basically two principles for a king. They would have to be individuals who would lead their people into battle at time of war. And they were to execute judgment and justice for the people during wartime and peace. That was the two critical issues. They were like a commander-in-chief. They had sort of absolute sway over the military. They were the supreme and final authority for justice and judgment. They were the absolute master over the lives of those that they ruled. And that's so uncommon to us because we are so individualistic that it's hard for us to think about what it means to submit to a king and surrender my life lock, stock, and barrel in all of its entirety for him to have final and ultimate authority over our lives. And yet that's what he sacrificed himself for. Not to get platitudes, not for holidays, not for attention. He did it to resolve the greatest human crisis in time and history. In that you and I are sinners and ungodly individuals who deserve the judgment of God. The idea of a king, at least biblically in reference to God, is about the one who is the supreme authority and sovereign over everything that exists. And Christ emptied himself and took to himself flesh and blood, and he humiliated himself, as it were, by living in obedience to his Father's will, even to the point of death. And the question is, why? And in many ways, he could say, for you. For humanity, but for you. If you're sitting here this evening and this is a new story, Christ died for you. The king died for the enemy. And so to this weekend is, is like every weekend in many ways. It's about the gospel. It's about Christ. But I don't want you to hear my words so much tonight. I want you to hear his words and so I want to read for you and remind you of some things that God has said about his own king. These are passages we've heard before, and yet we don't think of it in terms of the death of a king or his kingdom. But I want you to filter it tonight through the eyes of a king. And his love for you and I. Let me start with the promise that God has made about this king. 
He says to David that when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up for your, your offspring after you, one who shall come from your very body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish his throne of his kingdom forever. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot vain things? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. (laughs) He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. And then he appeared. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men, magi from the east, came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. Nathanael answered Jesus, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jason has received them, and they're all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying, there's another king, Jesus. And they brought the animal to Jesus. And throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And as he was drawing near, already on the way to the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and to praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus to him. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord or did others tell you about me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. And Pilate said to him, so you're a king? Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born and for this purpose I have come into the world 
to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out to him, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man! But when the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has made himself out to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, if you release this man, you're not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at the place called the Stone Pavement. And in Aramaic, Gabbatha. That was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the ninth, the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king! They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, we have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him up to be crucified. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, Golgotha. And there they crucified him, him and two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. And Pilate also wrote an inscription And put it on the cross and said, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. And there is none to help 
Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a roaring lion. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. And my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. Oh, you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You've rescued me from the horns of wild oxen. When they came to the place called Golgotha, they'd offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. They sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. The two robbers who were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left, and those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads, saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days? Save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. And the chief priests, and the scribe, and the elders mocked him, saying he saved others. He can't even save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he delights in him. For he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. And now from the sixth hour there was darkness over the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice. Eli, Eli, lana sabachthani. That is, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me the light of the world was extinguished I want you to go back in your memory to the time that Jesus was sitting around with his disciples. And it was evening and he was reclining at the table and he says to them, truly I say to you that one of you is going to betray me. And being deeply grieved, they each one began to say, well, surely it's not I, Lord. And he answered and he said, he who dipped his hand with me in the bowl in the bowl is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man is to go just as it is written of him. 
But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not even been born. And Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. And Jesus said to him, You've said it yourself. And while they were eating, Jesus took some bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them and saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. And after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. <laughs> 